This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by Indiana American Water, providing quality water and wastewater services for more than 1.3 million residents across the state. With more than 135 years of experience in the industry, our team of dedicated professionals is ready to help you find customized solutions for your water and wastewater challenges. Reach out today to learn more at 317-995-2410 or visit us online at indianaamwater.com. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller. Today, our guest is Greenfield Mayor Chuck Fuel. Mayor Fuel, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here in uh, City Hall this morning. Um, talk just a little bit about what was the impetus behind all these projects, specifically Michael's Playground and, and the Depot Street Park. Well, as we got started, Matt, uh, our planner came to me and wanted to develop a way that we could have things for the city that we could do quicker. And with Stellar Grant is how we got involved. The Stellar Grant was available and all of a sudden they brought light to me and said, this can happen and we can apply for this and we can do some projects that we couldn't do in 10 to 15 years. We now could do within a five year realm of time because we will have revenue to accomplish these things. So. At that time, they then started to, co- uh, to correlate between having another community join you. So we partnered with Fort Bell. And when we partnered with Fort Bell, we thought we were kind of alike in a lot of ways. You know, they enjoyed the historic value. They were both historic venues. Uh, so we're limited into what resources we have for uh, amenities. So when we saw the opportunity to perform and have amenities that people could use and attract people to want to move to Greenfield, we reacted to that to say, we need to do this. And our council was just jumped on it to support us. And so we applied for the Stellar Grant and was very, very fortunate that Greenfield and Fort Bill won the Stellar event. And with that came the opportunity to do some projects. And two of those projects that you mentioned, Michael's Playground, it's an all-inclusive park. Now, all-inclusive meaning that any child of any impairment or any kind of uh, aspect of not being able to perform like in a normal park can use this park because the floor is probably uh, six inches thick that they can fall and not hurt themselves. But the equipment itself is stationed so that a child can be in a wheelchair and move to it without having to have assistance if they're able to move themselves. And or, like the swings, you can put your child in front of you and don't have to worry about them falling because your swing is across from them. So you swing back and forth together and never have to worry about the child falling out of that swing. You're with them. Where'd you get the idea for all this? 
Well, I have to say that my planner does a lot of research. I, you know, I wish I was that. I'd be a gee whiz if I could think of all those things. I liked it because at the time, we had a special needs grandson. And quite frankly, if people have this kind of elements in their lives, priorities change pretty rapidly. Yeah. The things that's really important are not quite as important as you think. It's more important to have availability to try to help everybody. So having that where everyone could use the park and still have the ability to go with a special needs element just suited me 110%. Yeah. And that park is, is a beautiful park. And I don't know if you've seen any pictures of it or anything like it. They put the frog up, you know, and it says Michael's Playground. Now, Michael's Playground, the word Michael became into play because unbeknownst to my wife, our daughter, and, and ourselves, we did not know that they were going to name the park Michael's Playground. Is that the name and of your grandson? That's the name of our, okay. our grandson. That's what I thought, yeah. So when Michael was a little bitty boy and born, he was a normal child. Till about 20 months of age in that vintage, my wife, who's a school teacher, didn't think that Michael was quite producing where he should be, and we watched, and we noticed things were a little different. And one day he came home and he had a little droopiness in the right side of his face, which scared the devil out of us. We immediately got him checked out and did everything. And it ended up that Michael was diagnosed, to make a long story short, with Hunter syndrome. And Hunter syndrome is a genetic disease. It affects children, male. It affects them one of three ways. Either mobility uh, or mentally or fatally. And our guy managed to get all three. And so he was uh, impaired greatly. But he could, at that point, he could walk a little bit. But, and he was kind of Papaw's boy. Uh, I have others and they're just as important. Don't misunderstand that by any means. <laughs> but he became, you know, a focal point. And it, we had a lot of fun together. So when they came to me, as I always tell my staff, the best thing you can do is not surprise me. Because if you surprise me on things, we're probably going to have a different system. <laughs> and so they thought, we better not surprise him by not telling him about naming this park after Michael. The park was going to be completed, and it, like I say, it's a beautiful park. So they came in and told me, and I said, well, I'll tell my wife and, and Carly, Carly's daughter. And so I told them, and we were elated. It's something that you can't put a value or a judgment on because it meant that much. The opening that we had for the park, it was open to Lieutenant Governor, came out to the opening, and it's just a gorgeous park. It's at our baseball fields, which makes it even better. We have about 10 baseball Down fields here. by the junior high. It's behind our junior high school in a, in, a, in a quadrant there. And the reason it makes it nice is that everybody that goes to a baseball game, some of the kiddies just don't play ball, and they like to have things to do. So we thought, what a better place to put it than up where everybody could, again, utilize it. And by having it the way it was, they could use it uh, both the people coming into the park just to use that Michaels 
or they were there for the ball games. Hmm. And it's been readily, readily accepted, and it's been ready, readily used. And it's been a, a great asset to our community, and it's a great asset for our city to just to see that because it's, it's a lovely park. And if you leave and you go up that way to the junior high, you should you take a look at it. It's just beautiful. So that was one of our cellar projects, and that's how Michael's Playground came about. The opening that day, we probably had 150 people at the opening that day. We opened two parks that day. We have another park that's part of the Stellar Grant called the Depot Street Park. And that's where we put an amphitheater, and we have the seating out to the west of the amphitheater. It's a double-sided amphitheater. You could have about 300 people to the east side, or you could have as many as you can cram in a given area. Capacity probably of about on our property where the grass is at and the seats, probably a thousand or better. But when we got this thing done, and it's absolutely gorgeous with the wood amphitheater, it's built up four or five feet off the ground. You go out to the west. We built it on the depot theme. So there's a railroad car there. There's tracks laid for part of the path. There's tables that people can use that roll on those tracks and they can lock them at different intervals and still have a place to sit. Then your entertainment's on the stage of the amphitheater. And the intriguing part about it is to the south of the park, right on the park property adjacent, was the old depot, which was built back in the 1800s, grain elevator. That grain elevator and the depot sat right there. Well, this grain elevator was just a problem for the city because it had been abandoned for what, ever since I've been here, right. it had been abandoned. So, so I wait was, a minute, is this the park down this way? No, it's the park right behind my office. Okay. Riley is down this way, okay. Riley All Park. Right. All right. This is the Depot Street Park. And it's uh, completed and it was, uh, again, part of the Stellar Project. The grain elevator was rehabbed by four local guys who came in to me one day and said, and I was thinking, how am I going to get rid of this thing? There's four foot of dust in it. There's four foot of corn still in it. There's everything that you don't want in a building. Mm -hmm. Plus it was a hazard. And then I'm thinking, is this a hazardous cleanup? What do I have to do as a mayor to rid ourselves of this? The nostalgic part of it is people don't want to get rid of things like that. So we're thinking, how could we utilize what we have? Well, these four gentlemen came in. One owns a construction company. One's owns a uh, heating and air and mental, uh, air conditioning. And the other one is a developer. So they just fit the mold that we needed to come at the right time at the right place. So they came in to me and said, we want to develop that into a pub and eatery. And I said, great, we'll be glad to help you to the limits that we can as a city. Infrastructure, we can help you with. I can't take it to your property line, but I've never taken it into people's buildings, and not will I start now, because if I do yours, I better be prepared to do everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. But we did take it to theirs. We helped them with whatever concrete we could, whatever paving. We probably put $250,000 into helping them with this $4 million, $3 million project they had. It is a great eatery. It's done now. They couldn't use the tower, but the tower remains. 
and it's still a grain elevator. They can put the skin on that back to its normal habitat, and it's just gorgeous. Inside of it, they left the beams. Even one place in the floor in the building has about a six-inch piece of plexiglass that shows the basement down in it with the old equipment hmm. that you can see in the building. They had one part of the basement, which they didn't even know they had another part of a basement, that was filled with water. It had 86,000 gallons of water that had accumulated in their runoff. So they said, well, we'll just pump that out. That's, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we won't quite do that, you know. You can't put it in the... In the to, so I had IDEM come out. They did a complete evaluation on it at a private company that they got to put an analogy on the water. It was clean. It was just like a, a, a lake. And so we helped them get rid of that water and, and got it out of there. That, that part of the basement right now is their storeroom for all of their... Uh, uh, beers and, and wines and spirits that they might need storage. Mm. They're no more than probably 20 feet from our from our trail. The Penzi Trail is our main trail through the city. It goes from city limits to city limits. We base everything off the Penzi because it's the center of the city and we can take all those other trails we talked about to the other parks to connect. We can now connect that to the Penzi and that focal point is east and west in the entire city limits. So it's been been very accepted. We have the, uh, the other day we had a, we had a uh, an event at the Depot Park and it was, uh, it helped me out, Steven Tyler's group. Uh, Aerosmith. It was their, it was their front band, like, you know, the, what do you call it, tribute band. Yeah. To, you know, how good I am on uh, rock and roll. <laughs> Uh, we had them to come to town, and they came in from L.A. to do this event. That night, my wife and I was over and went to this event, and through the gate of going into the park, from the depot, the depot sponsored it, and the depot paid for the event, and they do, because they leased the park for their event, but it still owns, it's still owned by us, but we received part of the part of the profit of having the park there. 4,000 people went through that gate into the park that night. Now, it's controlled. We, we bought all new uh, metal fencing to put around it to, for crowds and this type thing. They uh, We had security. We have everything there that's needed. We built that park with the intent that people use that park. We have six events with the city itself being involved with the bank, every Friday night we have a concert. And we have it every Friday night down there and they have a band or they have entertainment and they use that every evening for that to be utilized. So it's been, this this year has been our learning year, if that's the right way, because we didn't know what to expect. We had a, a band come in that was a, a tribute to uh, like Garth Brooks and there was over 2,000 people show up at that one. You know, and so, now we're elated to have this kind of um, notoriety and generate that kind of activity. We're, and we're excited about next year's because it's going to only get bigger and better, we hope. And we want that to happen that way. So the Depot Street Park just recently 
We were selected by the uh, Indianapolis Chamber of Commerce for their monumental award. Mm -hmm. So we just last, I think it was last Friday, I've, I've slept since then, Matt, you know, these run together. Uh, they had it at, the, of all places, Tibbs Drive-In. Really? And at the old, remember oh, the yeah. old Tibbs oh, Drive-In? Yeah. Uh, I have to say I was probably 50 years ago that I was ever at Tibbs Drive-In. Yeah. And uh, they had the groups that were nominated there, and you had your focus on your group. And so we have, uh, over in our Depot Street Park, the fire department came to me one day and said, we're going to get a new smoke trailer, you know, where you train children mm -hmm. to take to the schools. But we have an old one, and we need to know what's your thought on getting rid of it? You know, give it to another community. Uh, how do you want to do it? And I said, hey, I'll give it, let me think. I, I got an idea on that. So I got a hold of Parks and brought in the Parks Department, and we took that trailer. They have a very savvy crew that can do these kind of construction. We made that a green room. <laughs> so the bands that come over there and perform, take their break, we parked that trailer at the end of the depot street and the bands can go in there it has a restroom it has couches it has air conditioning and chairs they can rest there and use that as their green room to change clothes if they have people that need to change and we utilize that and it's got on it green fields green room so we took that to the uh, to the event the other night and uh, it's easy to spot when you pull in someplace like that because I said, wonder if we'll be able to find them when I got there to the Tibbs. And I pulled around the corner and you can see that trailer sitting over there <laughs> for the green room. And so it's things like that we, we uh, are innovative enough to think about how to do and how to use that, that makes it successful to have these things. You know, I, I recruited a lot of knowledge from well, people like Mark Myers. Mark and I are friends and Mark had one where they put in a park like that. Mm -hmm. So I went to him and said, you know, how do you do this on the security? How do you do it? You know, when you have to want alcohol in a park, because we had not allowed any alcohol in any of our parks. We had to change a few uh, rules and, and, and uh, ordinances and policies to let people uh, be accepted into that. Well, kind we're trying of thing. to get the General Assembly to change the law to make it easier for and these types of and if, if, if you don't have a council, or who's willing to take a risk and to want to be involved in these things, it could be a real problem if you spend $4 million for a park and not be able to utilize it in the manner you need to. We, we're getting every bang for the buck that, this, that the people need to have. And, and people just enjoy those type of things. And again, we have to invent things because our amenities are not such that they just fall out yeah. in our lap. We have to find ways of making people have. We want to make people want to be in Greenfield. You know, I said in the opening, when we opened Michael's Park, and, and the reason it, it got to be called Michael's is because the, the planners and the parks department, who is in charge of that park, decided to name it in honor of our grandson. You can't tell people how, what, a, what a great tribute that is or feeling you have. You know, there's other kids just as worthy, Matt, and every child in this city is there for that park, not just Michael. Right. Michael was selected because we had a chance to bring every child that had a special need into this park. And so when he was brought in, I said at the opening, you know, here's a kid that never spoke a word. 
it was it was not audible, but he touched more hearts than I can and you can if we yell at everybody. <laughs> and we yell and think we're doing so good, and this kid never said a word, but he touched everybody's heart. There wasn't a, there wasn't a child in the school system where he went into special need that didn't know him. And when I walked out on the street, I was the mayor, but they'd say, why well, know Michael? Yeah. Michael's your grandson. And it meant a great deal for the parks to honor that type of tribute to us. Pretty good legacy for you to leave behind as mayor. If I have nothing else, <laughs> I don't care. I have that because of him. Yeah, that's awesome. Shifting gears as we wrap up, Mayor, um, you know, as I travel around, spe specifically central Indiana, I've noticed a, a common theme recently. You've got these agrarian communities that are county seats, like Greenfield, like Franklin and Johnson County, Danville and Hancock County, Noblesville up in Hamilton County. A lot of similarities. You all are working very hard on quality of place projects. And I'm starting to see a real migration of folks away from more urban areas into these micro urban areas where they can get a lot of the same quality of life type of things in a smaller environment. Are you seeing that? And if so, how are you capitalizing? Well, I am seeing that and, and, and you're absolutely correct. We happen to be the first city east of Indianapolis on I-70. Right. And we only have one entrance and one exit to our city, State Road 9. Yep. So as they're doing the work out there and you can't get back and forth, it's tough on us. But relating to your question, the reason you see that is because they can come out here. We're 20, about 25 to 30 minutes from downtown capital city. They can live in Greenfield, Indiana. The amenities that we have, we want to offer. We're clean. We're healthy because we base our city on a health issues of being that. We have all that available. You can drive into Indianapolis. You can go to your nice restaurants downtown if you wish. We have it just as nice here. <laughs> you can go down there. You can go to a play, but you get in your car and you come home. And home is back to Greenfield. And it's 25 to 30 minutes and you're back to a, an environment that we want you to be in. We want you to be safe. We want it to be clean. We're building a $70 million wastewater treatment plant to grow. We're building that also because it's healthy. We were at the limits on our old one and we have to have a new one. And it started, we just had the groundbreaking. So those types of things we bring into the city as Greenfield, as Greenfield. We're adjacent to Marion County. We're adjacent to Indianapolis, Indiana, but we are Greenfield, Indiana, an amenity of our own. Yep. And you know, people who live here, they work in Indianapolis. People who live in Indianapolis work here. Yep. So the migration back and forth of, uh, I export probably 15,000 a day and import about 7,000. So I do get some back. Yep. So there's that trade back and forth to have people come here to, but, but we want people to live here. So I have seven subdivisions going right now, seven subdivisions in some kind of building process. We've had more starts in the last two years than we've had in the last 20. And they're nice starter homes. They're nice intermediate homes. 
and their nice higher end homes. Well, as you know, we'll definitely be having you in the legislature to talk about that as we have discussions <laughs> around uh, builders and home builder issues in the Indiana General Assembly. And it's and, and I've spent a little time down there, so I can be <laughs> maybe if I can be helped, I will be. Well, you've done a great job in Greenfield, whether it's the, the city parks or the concert series or the downtown. It looks fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Matt. This is always enjoyable. The same Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by Indiana American Water.